All right, folks, it's sure nice to see you here today. And uh, we're going to get started on uh, verses 12 through 15 in Jude. But uh, before we do that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come to you and learn from you, from your eternal word, Lord. We thank you that we have your word and we can freely study it. We pray for those many Christians around the world who don't have freedom, that you would help them and protect them, guide them, help them to grow in your word. Thank you for Jude and his warnings to us about false teachers. Pray that you'd help us to be able to recognize them quickly and get away from them and help others to avoid them as well. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, um, let me read verse 12. These men are blemishes at your love feasts, eating with you without slightest qualm. Shepherds who feed only themselves. They are clouds without rain, blown along by the wind. Autumn trees without fruit and uprooted, twice dead. Well, first of all, he says they're blemishes. You know, today we see the same leaven that they had with the Pharisees in biblical times. You know, they pretend to be in unity and even act like they are the ones promoting unity in the body of Christ. I'm talking about false teachers. But if you look at what they teach, prophesy, and do, you discover they really have their own agenda. And unfortunately, their agenda is includes degrading the core doctrines of the church and teaching people a new way of thinking and new doctrines and new revelation beyond what's written. Uh, Brian McLaren said, we need, we need to get off the map. Talking about the Bible, of course. Well, they try to make friends so that those new friends will be embarrassed to say anything against them. I saw that this out in Hawaii. This is a ploy um, of the world in the new world order, as well as it is in the church. Be careful about those who want to invite you out to dinner or have a buffet and whatever. They're hoping you can come and then you'll be their friend and you'll be afraid to say anything against them. Those who want to gain control of the church are trying to make friends, have dinners, get people together to pray and plan. But you know what? They're really only feeding themselves at those feasts. They are wolves in sheep's clothing who are eating sheep while they dine with you. We also find out that they're clouds without rain. You know, they're big talkers. But their words are empty of wisdom and truth. They can sound very convincing and authoritative, but the biblical basis for what they say is very thin, if non-existent. Third wave truth is empty of real life. It's made up of the doctrines of men and demons. Mark 7, 7 says they worship me in vain. Their teachings are by rules taught by men. Also, 1 Timothy 4.1, the Spirit clearly says that in the latter time, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. 
A lot of what we see today are things taught by demons. There, there's demonic influence behind the false teacher. You know, clouds without rain don't help crops grow. In fact, crops without sunshine or rain wither and die. Well, the same thing's true of the effect of false teachers. They do not bring the sunshine of, of, or rain of truth, but the clouds of doubt and error. The next one is they're blown by the wind. False teachers are blown about by every wind of doctrine. They love to adopt the latest trends of thinking and techniques. They love methods and ideas that actually don't come from the Bible. But as true believers, we're not to be blown about, but to hold fast to sound doctrine as taught to us through the apostles. Ephesians 4.14, then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. We also find out their autumn trees. What are autumn trees like? Well, these false teachers, though they claim fruit, actually have no leaves and no fruit. They're like autumn trees whose leaves are falling off. Instead of spring trees, whose leaves are green and whose branches are blooming, producing fruit in the summer. Why are their leaves falling off and they have no fruit? Because they have no root in the Lord Jesus Christ and his word, frankly. You know, fruit of the third wave is no fruit at all. They love to brag about how many people come forward in their meetings, but it's often the same people over and over again. They don't come forward to be saved, but they want a touch from their latest Christian guru. They love to post signs about how many have been saved, like Brownsville did. They had the big sign outside of their uh, church. It's, you know, one billion. I can't remember. It was like a million saved here. Their signs look like the, you know, a billion served by McDonald's. Reinhard Bonnke loves to brag about the millions of people he has saved. But in reality, there's no, where there's no real gospel preached, there cannot be any real fruit. Where people are preaching that all a person has to do is decide for Jesus, come forward and get slain in the spirit, you're going to find nobody getting saved. Although say they're saved, but are they saved? No, because they haven't heard the real gospel. They've, uh, you know, these false teachers leave out the saving details. For instance, you're a sinner by nature and by deed, both. You have no way to be come together with the Lord unless you repent and turn to Jesus Christ and realize that he is the only propitiation for your sin. Well, Many churches no longer preach about the cross, sin, and judgment because that offends people. Uh-oh, you might offend them. And then what? They won't come to your church. But you know what? Frankly, if people are not offended by the cross, they can't be saved. 
Galatians 5.11, brothers, if I'm still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. You know, the cross is offensive to us. That message is offensive. We have to be actually offended to realize that we need the Lord. Those who preach legalism or anything other than the gospel have gotten rid of the offense of the cross. And they are fruitless, leafless trees like autumn trees. Verse 14 says they are wild waves of the sea, foaming up their shame, wandering stars for whom black, blackest darkness has been reserved forever. Woo! First of all, they're wild. Hmm. They're born to be wild. You know, that song is actually true. <laughs> the, 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 the part that's not true is that celebrating, you know, people being wild. It means they're rebellious. They love to have wild meetings where there's chaos. They touch people on the foreheads and then they fall down backwards laughing, shaking, and yelling. Listen to this compiled list of manifestations resulting from the transferable impartation or anointed or anointing seen at third wave meetings. And I've seen most of these. Laughing, crying, shaking, running around the building, fast dancing, running followed by collapse, barking, howling, trances, drunkenness, falling out, Oinking, being hot, uh, fanning yourself or blowing, uh, blowing on yourself, uh, walking like chickens, <laughs> crowing like chickens, high-pitched whine reminiscent of a lively horse, mooing, crowing, uh, swimming in the spirit on the back and also breaststroke style, women going through imaginary birth pains, loss of consciousness, trying to soar like eagles, hissing and moving like a snake, inability to speak, involuntary body spasm, spasms, kung fu-like stances, vomiting in the spirit, holy headbanging and stripping. <laughs> I can attest to all these things. Talk to Jacob about it. He knows all about it. And yet the Bible tells us to do everything decently and in order. Ooh, oops. First Corinthians 14:40, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Colossians 2:5. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. And finally, 1 Corinthians 14:33, for God is not a God of disorder but of peace, as in all the congregations of the saints. If you see a congregation going wild, you'll know it's not a congregation of the saints. It's a congregation of cults, cultic people. That's not what true Christians do. It says that they're waves. You know, they're tossed about by every wind and wave of doctrine. They're also changing what they teach and believe to fit in with the latest techniques or prophecy. 
but they don't teach sound doctrine. They mix truth with error, and by doing so, they mislead people. That's the biggest trick of the enemy, mixing truth with error. The sea and the waves are also a picture of the world in the Bible. You know, Peter took his eyes off Christ when he was trying to walk on water, and he turned them instead to what? The wind and the waves. The wind being a picture of spirits and the waves, the world. You know, false teachers are worldly. They use worldly wisdom and methods instead of biblical ones. And that's one quick way you can tell if somebody is staying in sound doctrine or not. We also find out that they're foaming. <laughs> Just like foam on the waves, they are an endless source of heretical teachings. In their preaching, they send forth a steady barrage of stream of consciousness, religious cliches they learn instead of carefully reasoned wisdom from digging deep into the word of God. They're foaming, foaming at the mouth. You've seen some of the people like Cindy Jacobs and Juanita Bynum who almost lose their voices because they're shouting the whole time they're on stage at the top of their lungs. But even though they foam at the, at the mouth, they are all show but little substance. In fact, unfortunately, they prophesy lies in the name of the Lord. I'm scared for them because their judgment is coming. What are they foaming up? They're foaming up their own shame. You know what? These false teachers are a shame on Christianity in the face of the world. A Gallup poll of, in 1989 revealed that 78% of the public believes televangelists are untrustworthy with money. <laughs> but duh, 71% say they're dishonest. 67% say they're insincere. And 61% say they don't care about people. <laughs> hmm. That's the public, by the way. I'm not even sure that's a Christian's saying that. They hurt the cause of Christ. They promote shameful manifestations, you know, like holy vomiting and all these kinds of sickening things in the name of Jesus Christ. They brought shame on what is called Christianity today, just as the Roman Catholic Church brought shame in their killing of many true believers in the Crusades. And during the, you know, during the Dark Ages, that's why they call it the Dark Ages. Ultimately, they bring shame on themselves, though. We also find out that they're wandering stars. You know, stars in the Bible often refer to the angels, to, in this case, to fallen angels. Do you mean that Jude is likening these people to fallen angels or demons who follow Satan and are, were cast out of heaven? Oh. Revelation 12.4 reminds us, his tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky, flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child 
the moment it was born. He tried, but it didn't work, did it? You know, if you don't serve the Lord Jesus Christ, you're either a witting or unwitting servant of the devil. John's very clear about this. 1 John 3, 8. He who does what is sinful is of the devil. Because the devil's been sinning, sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. And on to verse 10. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what's right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. If these guys are not doing what's right, if they're not teaching what's right, they prove that they're not a child of God. I'm sorry to say it, but that's how God views it. Therefore, we must view it the same way. This might sound harsh, but Jude knows whom false teachers serve. They're really dangerous servants of the devil. They're fallen stars. And what happens to these fallen stars? Well, blackness and darkness are reserved forever for them. The same fate for demons and the unregenerate is also reserved for false teachers, false prophets, false Christ, false apostles. You know, they may say, Lord, Lord, but the Lord will say, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. To me, that's the mindset we need to have. A lot of people say, Lord, Lord, today. Well, what Lord are they talking about? Often they're talking about themselves, I hate to say, or some person that they admire, but God doesn't know them. I never knew you. They are evildoers. You mean you can mention the Lord and be an evildoer? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, you can. In fact, some of the worst evildoers are those who do say, Lord, Lord. Let's go on to verses 14 through 15. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all the ungodly of all the ungodly acts they have done in the ungodly way, and of all the harsh words ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Now, there is a book called the Book of Enoch and the Pseudepigrapha, and that is not the true Book of Enoch. That was written by some Russian guy uh, quite some time ago, but it's not the Book of Enoch. There really was a Book of Enoch, and uh, apparently it was available at that time, or at least the sayings from the Book of Enoch were. And so I trust that this saying repeated in the New Testament is, you know, by Jude is true. In fact, we know it's true. We know that's what's going to happen. You know, judgment is coming for those who set themselves up against God by their ungodly acts and words. That's so scary. 
Enoch was living in a time when that was happening. And today it's happening as well. We've got people doing the nastiest thing you can imagine and attacking people who are really preaching the gospel and really teaching sound doctrine. I'm telling you right now, Jacob is the recipient of some of that stuff. And I'm really afraid for the people who are attacking him. They don't know what they're doing. They are in judgment right now, and they had better repent. You know, Enoch was the first prophet, in a sense, and he saw the return of Jesus Christ and his saints back at the beginning of the world. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> it's an amazing thing. You know, we are the ones who will judge the false teachers, the fallen and the, the fallen stars. We know that. This is why the Bible says that we need to learn how to judge those inside the church. If we can't do that, how are we going to judge the fallen angels? Can't do it. We need to learn how to judge rightly now. God judges those outside the church. Don't concern yourself with them. We've got to make sure that we clean house. That we don't allow the leaven in. You know, we are the ones who will judge the false teachers, the fallen stars. We will be able to see clearly all the people they have misled who are going to hell instead of heaven. Oh, what a horrible thing. Their schemes and love of money will be brought into the open for all to see. I often wonder how the Lord's going to do that. Is it going to be on a big screen? or <laughs> I don't know. But this is why it's so important for us to try to reach as many as possible today before the judgment comes. We need to try to help people avoid false teachers, first of all. We also need to try to reason with the false teachers themselves in the hope that a few of them will repent. Many of them have been warned repeatedly, and yet they refuse to repent. We then need to pray for them, just like we pray for anyone else to be saved. You know, in the last lesson that we're going to look at next time, we're going to see the good practical advice that Jude gives us on how we should be reaching the lost. He gives us such practical advice. It's, it's really good stuff. So I invite you guys to come back. And uh, next time, please. And it's, it'll be a good lesson.